From the kids to Aunt Sue. Keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply. Actual speed vary and not guaranteed. Welcome to another special episode of Atlanta's only pro-business radio talk show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Buckhead, inside the Business Radio X studios. Hello, you are listening to Georgia Business Radio, where we feature industry thought leaders and business icons all in and around the state of Georgia. We're broadcasting live today from the Buckhead Business Radio X studios, and it's Friday, September 4th, 2015, and it is a fantastic Friday. We're super excited to have our guests in studio here today, and we look forward to hearing a their story of how they are changing the world. Let's briefly introduce them. First to my radio left is Chef Carlton Brown. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am fantastic. And you're with Occasional Occasions by Carlton. Yes, I am. And you founded that uh, outfit over there, didn't you? Uh, back in 1994. 1994. Yes. And yeah. it's been a, a good journey for you? It's been a fantastic journey for me. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I ended up, well, I'll explain later how mm-hmm. I ended up in it, but... Uh, yeah, it's a passionate uh, uh, venture for me, and I love what I do. Yeah, it must be, and you're continuing to do good things and create and innovate uh, when it comes to catering and, and helping folks uh, out there in the Atlanta area. Do you service more than just the Atlanta area? No, uh, pretty well just the uh, metro Atlanta, uh, you know, uh, or, you know, anywhere around metro Atlanta. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. We look for, forward to talking more to Chef Carlton Brown. In the meantime, you can go to occasionalcasions.net to uh, research him more, but uh, please do stick around as we introduce our next guest. He is to my radio right here, Mr. Lawrence Echelbaum. How are you, sir? Doing very well. Good. And you are a Chief Strategy Officer with Park Mobile. Yes, sir. And recently promoted to that role uh, in July of this year. Absolutely. But you've been with the company how long? Uh, It's been a long, uh, I've been uh, 10 years with the company, three years in Europe and uh, seven years here in the U.S. Seven years in the U.S. and Park Mobile is based here in Atlanta? Yeah, that's correct. That's great. So we look forward to hearing more about that. Let me just tell you a little more in detail about Lawrence. He's an international business development executive and has held senior positions in the financial, IT, and parking industries. He recently played a key role in the launch of mobile payment solutions in several European cities and then duplicated that success in the U.S. with Park Mobile asked him to launch the startup in Atlanta. Under his strategic direction, both companies became industry leaders within just a few years. He's widely recognized as the industry leader and an innovative thinker. Lawrence joined IPI Board of Directors in 2012 and is co-chairing the Smart Parking Alliance and International Committee. In 2014, he joined TAG Mobility Board of Directors. He holds two master's degrees, one in business marketing from Tyus Nimbus Business School, which is in the Netherlands, I believe. Oh, absolutely. And one from... Utrecht University in International Relations. He completed the executive retailing program at Santa Clara University and serves as a great lecturer at several universities. So quite accomplished background there. And you're all over the place from Europe to America in the universities, studying and leading the business world. Um, so anything else about your backstory you'd like to share with our listeners that we did not mention? Well, I think uh, you captured it well. Uh, what what I what I really do is uh, spending a lot of time with with my family. So I'm a family man. I got four kids, and that's uh-huh. my big passion. But uh, after that, working uh, work is, is everything. It's a hobby for me. Right. So if you're working in the business world or working with the family or relaxing with the family, you stay pretty active. It Absolutely. sounds like. Right. Very good. So let's talk about Park Mobile. Uh, most recently, uh, some of the the headlines that you guys have made. You're expanding into college campuses. How is that working out for you? 
That works uh, great. Uh, college campuses have a lot of students, and students uh, really are uh, connected with their mobile phone, smartphone. So uh, they experience our service uh, being in a sweet spot of convenience. And the good thing from students is that after they're done with their college, they're going to go to work, they're going to commute to work. So we we continue to have them as uh, as, as uh, members, and that's awesome. Yes. And is the universities approaching you? Are you out there actually selling to them, or is it a little bit of both? Well, seven years ago, I had to do a lot of work myself, and uh, I, I became uh, platinum within half a year, so I flew all around the country. Mm-hmm. Today, um, everybody knows us in the industry, and so we're lucky that universities are coming to us now. Uh, but that said, we're still very active and, and reaching out to, to everybody and that we think will be a good fit. That's right. And I see, uh, just to mention a couple, University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee, Iowa State University, University of South Florida. I mean, you're all over the country on these university campuses making parking easier for the students. That's one thing they don't have to worry about. they got enough to worry about. Staying out of trouble, going to class, mm-hmm. you know, parking should not be a headache to them. But it is a premium on a lot of these campuses. So uh, tell me a little bit more in detail about Park Mobile and how that makes it quicker and efficient and, and less headaches for the user. So all what we're trying to do is take the pain out of parking. And, and I think we all have been in situations where you're fumbling for coins, trying to collect whatever quarter you have to go to that meter. And then, you know, if you're lucky, that meter is working. But if you're not lucky, that meter is just out of service. And then uh, we take that pain out of the parking, out of that experience. So uh, with Park Mobile, you can um, download the smartphone app. You put your payment credentials on file. Uh, we need your license plate number for enforcement purposes. And then you can start a parking session in a cashless way within 30 seconds. And it's not restricted to just that one area you may frequent the most. So like you said, I can go to the university one day, downtown the next, cross town after that, and that same app with the same profile can be used in all those areas. Absolutely. That's great. And so we do encourage listeners to get out there and research it more. If you're having those parking headaches, sign up today. And if it's not available in your area, how can folks uh, reach out or uh, say they want to bring it to their office park or wherever they need that? Uh, how can they uh, make that happen? Yeah, we love that. Go to parkmobile.com and there's a specific uh, section where you can uh, request a service. We love that kind of feedback. Yeah, so some instant feedback. People, the consumer is really driving this usage. Absolutely. Um, and so and you mentioned you've also done this in other parts of the world. Is it big in Europe, uh, all across uh, the countries there? Yeah, it's absolutely uh, big in Europe. Uh, Surface started there in 1999 in uh, the Netherlands, then UK, Germany, Belgium. These are very uh, mature countries where between 80 and 85% of the uh, paid parking inventory is already accessible through mobile payments. And here in the US, um, we... We started a little bit later, um, the market is significantly larger, the growth is faster now, so we will see those percentages coming up uh, in the next couple of years. And do you see any challenges to the reason why it's slow to change here in America? You know, I think it's that the service itself was relatively uh, unknown uh, by municipalities, and then there's always a, you know, is it working, yes or no? But the moment we had our first deployment in the city of Grand Rapids in Michigan in 2009, we got a lot of credibility by that, and then things started to accelerate. And now cities see that it saves them money, it saves them operational costs, and more important, the end users, their, their customers, are extremely excited about it. I know there's some large parking companies here in the Atlanta area who control a majority of the parking lots downtown. Is this a technology they can adopt as well, or are, they, are, you, are they, you seen as their competitor? No, absolutely, absolutely not. We are a technology provider, and so we uh, service um, the city of Atlanta, Park Atlanta, with uh, the 2,500 on-street spaces. But we have about 11,000 uh, service lot spaces with all the operators here in Atlanta. 
So is there other companies out there kind of doing the same thing with the technology? And if there are, what separates Park Mobile from them? I think uh, there are a couple of companies out there. What separates us is that we are technology leader uh, and innovation leader. We are by far the largest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's the, the, the width and the, the depth of our solutions of our product portfolio that separates us. You, you can reserve parking or you can pay on the spot. That's something within one user interface that the other ones don't have. Yeah, one of the oldest and most technologically advanced companies providing this service out there. I see you're in over 1,400 locations in 35 states with over 4 million customers as of today. Uh, a little more about the typical customer for Park Mobile. Are they the young millennials? Are they the downtown businessman that goes every day or everywhere in between? Yeah, it's, it's everywhere in between. Uh, we have a lot of commuters. We also have a lot of service companies. Think about carpenters. Um, uh, service and maintenance companies that have their little vans out there that go from A to B to Z. Mm-hmm. And so these these people are really in the sweet spot of our uh, profile. They park between four and eight times a day. So for them, it's a big uh, benefit to use a service and don't longer be you know, irritated by parking that doesn't work. And technology is, is really what drives your company, not only on the mobile platform, but the web-based interface. And, I, and you guys have a nice-looking website. I was oh, able to you. navigate through there very easily, very colorful, lots of good information. And is that something you're continually to develop as, as the days go by? So websites are important to us, but not as important as the mobile interaction. 95% of our transactions are conducted through mobile apps. So we see that more and more we need to reach out to uh, new users and our existing users through the mobile phone. Mm-hmm. So this, the mobile channel, is, is our future. I think that is for a lot of companies out there if they're looking to advance their technology. Uh, more people look up things and, and research uh, information on their mobile device more consistently than they do their, their desktop devices. Oh, absolutely. Um, mobile internet has surpassed um, uh, desktop internet already in, in the U.S. So, and that will go uh, only go up. That is so true. We're talking with Lawrence Eckelboom. He's Chief Strategy Officer with Park Mobile. You can follow them on Twitter, at Park Mobile, um, or you can also find them on Facebook or go to their website, parkmobile.com, for more information on that. Um, so what are some of the future trends that you see for Park Mobile, things you're working, you know, guys like yourself always see around the corner. You're not here in today. You see tomorrow and next year. So on the horizon for Park Mobile, what do you see? So there's a couple of things that I see. First and foremost, I uh, mentioned that with Park Mobile you can uh, pay for parking on the spot or you can reserve a spot in advance through one user interface. That's something that we will have ready in January uh, of next year. Uh, also, um, we will uh, integrate within several uh, car manufacturers. All the cars are becoming smartphone on wheels. Mm-hmm. So um, we're putting our payment engine within the head unit, the GPS system of the car, so that you can be navigated to the closest available parking to your destination and then seamless pay with Park Mobile. That's one of the things that we're going to release in 2016 as well. And last but not least, uh, we see a lot of uh, additional functionality coming up. Basically, what we do is we try to identify what we call transactionable moments in the user experience from when you go from door to door, from A to B. Everything that happens in your user journey, we try to identify where a transaction is possible. And if it makes sense for us, we convert that transactionable moment into functionality in a mobile app. Uh, very interesting. And you mentioned a minute ago you can make reservations. Uh, what's to keep someone else from parking in that parking space? So the thing is that we have deep hooks into the uh, parking access revenue control systems. That, that's uh, a lot. But basically yeah. these systems determine uh, inventory. And so if you uh, have a reservation in advance, then people can pull up. But uh, as long as there's no space available, they cannot get in. But people that have a reservation, they're always secured of a parking spot. 
That, that's interesting. I, res, reserving a parking space downtown Atlanta, you know, at five o'clock on a Friday. I know I'm going downtown to dinner and I need a parking space. I can get on my app, Park Mobile app, and, and make a reservation for that space. It's it's awesome. And and to give you an example, we're not doing only doing that uh, on lots in the, but we also do the Super Bowl, for instance. Super Bowl is on our platform as well, um, so people can buy a permit in advance and and are sure that they have a parking spot. Is that a cost extra? Uh, is there a premium charge for that? Uh, I mean, this is Super Bowl. I, I would imagine so. <laughs> so, so we put the uh, cost of the of the operator, the owner of the parking facility, in our system, so we don't control it ourselves. Okay. But I mean, we have seen examples uh, for parking in the Super Bowl, depending on the location and how close it was to the uh, event venue. And I've seen you know rates even exceeding a hundred bucks. So it's just what people want to pay. So a lot of this is just information sharing and kind of collecting information about the parking spaces, the users that need them, and uh, and then determining a price for that. Yeah, we again, we are not determining the price. The operators determine the price. That's something that we give them the ability to do within our system. And what we do is basically we open up that inventory, those parking spots, for our more than 4 million users mm-hmm. um, in America. Right. And you mentioned a minute ago you've done this in Europe and, and other countries right there. You're an accomplished international businessman. Um, and you've seen – and I've been in Germany. Parking spaces are smaller there. The <laughs> cars are smaller. Cars so are smaller. Parking is premium over there and a lot more pedestrian traffic in some of the downtown communities. Yeah. Uh, people drive in there. And so I know parking is super important. Uh, cities are older. I mean, they built in the Middle Ages. In the Middle Ages, they didn't have cars. So they're all small. They, they and, and now they have issues with all that increase in traffic. Yes, sir. Also, I see you do speaking engagements around the country and internationally. And what are some of the topics that you speak on? I speak a lot about um, uh, future technologies, uh, future trends uh, in technology. Um, There's a couple of things going on um, in terms of urbanization, um, mobility, um, uh, millennials, uh, environmental issues. And, And all these things are tying in together to what we do. So for me, it's always fun to talk about the impact of these megatrends and, and what Park Mobile is doing to help to, to help solve some of these issues and mitigate some problems. Mm-hmm. And you speak at universities, uh, groups of businessmen, yeah, other uh, conferences, yep. uh, uh, th- that kind of stuff. And does Park Mobile attend some of these conferences, international conventions, yeah. you know, technology conventions? Yeah. Um, are, you guys have a, a aggressive uh, strategy there. Yeah, it's important to uh, be there where uh, the target audience is. Uh, besides customers, obviously, we, we have municipalities, uh, transit authorities, universities, operators as, as clients. It's important that uh, we continue to expand our thought leadership and industry leadership um, and, and share our thoughts and ideas with, with the uh, target audiences to make sure that what we say is also what they believe. And and so by doing that, we can work together on better solutions for the future and it's not only about uh, technology and growing as a company, but it's also being responsible for what is happening tomorrow. Um, if we don't change our behavior mm-hmm. and if we don't do things, then you know we're going to bump into issues in the future. And, and the good thing is technology is now out there to help mitigate the impact of these issues. And, and by talking about that and by offering technology and identifying points where we can improve um, the world, you know that is very satisfying. And, and a short example is, For instance, our technology is able to do dynamic pricing in cities, and dynamic pricing helps cities to better um, monetize over and underutilization of their assets, which results in less congestion. 30% of urban congestion is caused by cruising traffic looking for parking. Mm -hmm. Well, we can bring those numbers back, and everybody benefits. 
I, I like that. And is that part of also what you're doing with the Smart Parking Alliance? I saw you were the co-chair of that uh, and international committee. Uh, is that kind of uh, tell us more about the Smart Parking Alliance? The so Smart Parking Alliance is actually an initiative from the International Parking Institute to bring uh, technology vendors and municipalities together, and and let them have a dialogue in a, a safe environment about how technology can help them to solve problems. I mentioned uh, congestion. I mentioned CO2 emissions. Uh, I mentioned better um, uh, usage of, of their parking assets, but there's there's way more that is coming to the table. And in the end, we, we are going to a, a more virtual asset light future where we don't buy devices anymore, but we're going to buy access to service and solutions. And, and so this will have a total new dimension. It will enable cities to become smarter, make better decisions for the residents, commuters and businesses in cities. Makes perfect sense. We know parking is not going to get smaller. It's going to get harder and more challenging, uh, more cars, less spaces. You know, we need technology to bridge that gap to make it more efficient for people. It's not just ease, ease of usage, but it's about uh, you know, making our cities more vibrant and more more easily accessible to to everyone. And I know Atlanta is uh, very proud to have Park Mobile here as part of their business community, but more importantly, using them uh, at downtown and all around for 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 that. So uh, so thank you so much for joining us. If folks want to find out more information about yourself and your speaking engagements or Park Mobile, how would they do so? Parkmobile.com. Parkmobile.com. Very good. And they're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can find them there. Um, or you can find Lawrence Eckleboom on uh, LinkedIn if you want to reach out to him there, possibly get some information about him and some of the uh, uh, directors and, and committees he is on. So thank you so much for joining us. Would you please stick around as we turn our attention to our next guest? Pleasure, Ryan. Thank you very much. Remind our listeners, you're listening to Georgia Business Radio, where we feature industry thought leaders and business icons. We're broadcasting live from the Buckhead Business Radio X studios. And it's my distinct pleasure to introduce our next guest, Chef Carlton Brown. He founded in 1994, Occasional Occasions by Carlton, has been repeatedly praised for his culinary displays, dynamic flavors, and unique table presentations. Chef Carlton is the owner of Occasional Occasions by Carlton, LLC, a boutique-style custom catering company specializing in contemporary southern cuisine and providing off-premises catering for the Atlanta metropolitan area. He obtained his Bachelor's of Science in Culinary Arts Management from the Art Institute of Atlanta, and Occasional Occasions is also a minority, veteran-owned, and LGBT-owned establishment. Welcome back to the show, Shelf Carlton Brown. Thank you very, very much. So quite an interesting start for you in 1994 in Occasional Occasions by Carlton. What was the impetus behind all that? Are you asking how did I get started? Yeah, well, I mean, what, what um, made you decide in 1994? To well, actually, it, I, I, it was one of those situations where I stumbled into the career. Uh, I had no, uh, I was originally in corporate America in uh, telecommunications uh, when I, I, I was previously in Air Force, moved here to Atlanta uh, to get my computer science degree. While I was there, I had excess income, did not know how to cook. Uh, but ironically, my mother was a home economics teacher. My father was a cook in the Marine Corps. Oh, is that right? Uh, uh, but uh, I knew how to eat very well, just <laughs> did not know how to cook. I said, well, this is a great time for me to learn how to cook. Let me, you know, go to culinary school. 
and went to culinary school, but that's a little different from starting your own business and being an entrepreneur. Well, uh, what happened, a good friend of mine was having a housewarming, and I uh, asked him, you know, well, what are you going to do you know, for your housewarming? He says, well, I'm going to get some trays from Kroger's. And I said, well, <laughs> your friends are going to laugh you out of this city. Uh, so let me do the food. I had no idea what I was doing, uh, but I had about three months to plan it. And I said, just pay me what it cost me out of my pocket. I wasn't looking to make a profit. Um, I was sitting at my desk at um, Southern Bell uh, at the time. I said, well, this is not anything that I'll be doing that often. I'll just do it occasionally, okay. which is how I came yeah, up with my name, say. Occasional Occasions <laughs> by Carlton. Uh, but I knew that I wanted to make his event look like he had hired a caterer. Uh, uh, fast forward, uh, came time for his event. I had no idea what I was doing, but I put out this you know, lavish display of food and had a little $10 cards made and put them on the table. Uh, and afterwards, uh, my phone started ringing. People were asking, well, how much do you charge for so-and-so? I said, well, <laughs> why are you asking me that question? I said, well, we took your card from uh, the party. I was like, well, uh, that card was not meant for you to pick up. <laughs> uh, it was just to make it look like it was catered. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I was at culinary school at the time, so I started asking questions. And uh, come to find out, I... I, I realized that I enjoyed uh, the food industry much more than I did telecommunications. And so eventually um, I uh, made the switch, you know, from telecommunications and uh, uh, started doing some small jobs. And I said, well, if I want to make this successful, I had to take a leap. And I did. I took a leap of faith and uh, uh, been doing it now for 21 years. And uh, I love what I do. No, I have seen you on TV myself. Uh, I've heard of your organization. I don't think I've ever eaten somewhere uh, where you've been catering. But uh, what could I expect if I was to attend an event and, and find some of your foods on display? What what kind of cuisine do you offer? Well, I specialize in contemporary Southern cuisine. That's my main focus. Uh, uh but uh, I'm different than a lot of catering companies uh, because we're not your out of the box, you, you know, your box catering company. And what I mean by that is a lot of catering companies have a set menu and that's what they do all day, every day. Uh, we offer literally over 900 menu options and it's continuously growing uh, because the fun thing about what I do is. I can keep adding and changing and doing going in different directions and sort of follow the trends and and uh so I can accommodate a lot of um you know a lot of uh you know tastes. Right. Uh, so do you have a test kitchen? You do all your kind of experimenting of new flavors in? Is that I, something you I, do on your own? I am my test kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's a great kitchen to be a part of. <laughs> it is, it is. But uh but it, it just allows me flexibility. It, it it keeps the uh interest uh in it for me. Um I would never want to have to do the same thing over and over and over, day in and day out. Uh so I tell a lot of clients um uh, you know, if you were to call me and ask me for X, Y, Z, you know, for tomorrow, that's probably not going to happen because I literally custom, you know, each menu uh, that I do, I put it together, I go shop it, I cook it and deliver it. Uh, and I give suggestions and, and you know, create the menu. Uh, so 
you know, a client never wants to call and ask, you know, can you send me your menus? I, I don't think you want me to send you 900 menus. <laughs> no, options. you're right. Let them narrow it down themselves. <laughs> and quite honestly, there are a lot of companies out there doing this in the Atlanta area. Atlanta is a food town. People are always having events, having food brought in. Uh, but it sounds like your experience, your diversity, and your willingness to kind of uh, expand your menu items really sets you apart from the competition. It does. I mean, like I said, you know, a lot of catering companies, particularly the, the the ones my size, uh, the larger catering companies, that's totally different. The the ones of my size, they have typically a set, you know, menus that they do uh, continuously. Um, I try to, um, you know, ex- expand, you know, expand and, and look at what's fresh and new out there. And uh, I, I can sit down and read a cookbook like most people read novels. I mean, that's my entertainment. I mean, I'm, I'm in my element. Nice. You give me a good cookbook and it's done. You know, I'll curl up by the fireplace <laughs> with a hot tidy. I'm good nice. to go. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So, uh, your events, uh, tell me, are they just for five people, 50 people, 500 people, or well, what's the typical event for we you? We specialize like? in small to medium events. Uh, and by that, I mean, uh, 40 to 75 guests. That's our wheelhouse. We'll go up to 100, 125 people. Uh, I'll do larger. I don't enjoy larger. Um, and we'll do as small as private, intimate uh, dinner for twos, uh, corporate luncheons for 12 to 15. Uh, but, you know, our typical event, I would say, would be between 40 and 75 guests. And are you a full-service catering firm? You provide yes. everything that the client needs, not yes. just the food? Exactly. We are a one-stop shop. Uh, so if I don't do it myself, I do have uh, the relationships to be able to bring everything in. I try to make it, uh, you know, a convenient experience uh, for my clients. Um and, uh, you know, we, we pretty well take care of everything. If I, like I said, if I don't do it myself, I've got the relationships and have built the relationships to make it happen, uh, because it's all about, uh, the convenience, particularly for the corporate client, um, uh, and, and for the private for that matter. But yeah, we handle pretty well everything. We're talking with Chef Carlton Brown. He is with Occasional Occasions by Carlton. Been around since 1994 here in Atlanta. What has been one of your most memorable events through the years? Uh, would it be a celebrity you've done for or a unique location? Tell us about that. I would say the most memorable one, uh, the most nerve-wracking one (laughs) for me was uh, I'm a member of an organization called NACE, National Association of Catering and Events. Uh, In that uh, organization are all the big caterers in Atlanta. Uh, Not a lot of little caterers, mostly the very large caterers. Uh, I'm on the planning committee for that uh, for that organization. And in January, um, we we typically have an event every month and uh, they had no caterer. So they came to me mm-hmm. and asked me to cater. So you catered events. a catering meeting. Exactly. <laughs> and at first I told him, uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. I'm not getting in front of all my huge peers, yep. you know, and doing that. But they talked me into it and I, I, I did it. And it was actually the most incredible event that I think I've ever pulled off. And I was, I was just so proud and just to see the feedback and the, the response from, uh, everyone, it was about a hundred people, but, uh, the, the love and the, the, 
you know, the, the support that I, I gained from everyone was just, uh, I, I can't even put it in words. It was incredible. And I imagine you couldn't do it alone either. You have a good team no. of people with you. Yes. Uh, talk about the team of people you have around well, you. Well, because we specialize in small to medium events, I do have a core team that I can call on uh, that are uh, there. So it's very, very rare that I have to outsource uh, staffing. And, and that's another reason why I stay in the small to medium size events. I, I want, you know, the staff who has worked with me, who knows what my expectations are and how I like things. And they laugh at me all the time because they can put, you know, a, a, you know, a plate on the table and they'll joke with each other. Okay. When Carlton comes back by, he's going to uh, move that plate at, you know, 25 degree, you know, angle differently. And it's just the anal military, you know, part right. of me that uh, it's got to be perfect. Uh, but, um, yeah, but because they know me and I know them, uh, I can get the same quality of service and we're always applauded for our customer service and how we, uh, not only, you know, treat the client, but treat the guests there. And it's a, that's a, a great relationship that I really enjoy. It makes it really rewarding for me as well. I see in 2009, you were voted number three caterer in Atlanta. Uh, the Best of Atlanta, featuring the Atlanta Tribune magazine. You've ap also appeared on Breakfast with Bucks, Buck on WAGA Fox 5, and also been on Channel 11 Atlanta and Company. Yes. What were those experiences like for you? Well, the Breakfast with Buck, um, my uh, shop is located in Old Fourth Ward in Irwin Street Market. Uh, that's where I prepare my, uh, my uh, food at. This is where my kitchen is at. And uh, there I uh, partnered with the uh, owners of Irwin Street Market, and we opened up a restaurant called Hilda's, named after my mother, a breakfast um, to write home about. And uh, Buck on uh, Buck Lanford. Buck Lanford yep. found out about us and came and interviewed us. We definitely had, you know, without a doubt, the best grits in, in Atlanta. I, I stood by that and still stand by that um, as well. It was just a very eclectic but wonderful breakfast. Um, and then, you know, I was asked to come on to Channel 11 uh, to uh, Atlanta and Live and do some co uh, live cooking demonstrations. That was very interesting uh, because, you know, you can go in in my mind, you know, I I knew exactly what I was going to say, exactly what I was going to mm -hmm. do. Uh, and when the cameras came on, uh, the host started talking. It was like, no, you know, you need to let me do what I've already scripted myself to do. <laughs> yeah. So it was a totally different experience. And five minutes goes like really, really quick. It does, right. <laughs> now, we often hear that from guests who have been on television and also come in here to the radio show. It's a little different experience. Experience. Oh, we're a little more relaxed. Nice. We're a little more freeform, and we're not restricted by commercials or traffic or weather updates. And uh, and, and they may give you a template of what they're going to talk about, but it goes out the window as soon as the exactly. red light on the camera comes exactly. on. Exactly. Uh, very good. And also, see you're members of the International Catering Association, the Metro Atlanta Chamber of Commerce. Um, and so you're involved in a lot of the community uh, associations. And what's yes, that I like am. for you? Uh, I love that. Um, you know, I would say that. Uh, 
it's only been the last year, year and a half that uh, I've really got involved in in a lot of the organizations. Uh, prior to that, I, I guess I, you know, I ran my business from the seat of the pants, as as do a lot of uh, small businesses. Uh, but I decided, uh, you know, if I'm going to grow my business and if I'm going to, uh, you know, truly be successful, then I need to follow, you know, what the big boys are doing. Uh, so I decided to, you know, embed myself. It, you know, where they go and what they do. Uh, I typically go to um, the large uh, catering convention in Vegas uh, every year and surrounded by, you know, the, the huge organization. I had no idea that there was so much money in catering until I went there and met a lot of the um, who've now become my colleagues and friends um, and have learned a lot of things of, uh, you know, where small caterers like myself, you know, would leave money on the table. Uh, and, and I, that allowed me to become sort of an advocate, uh, and, um, sort of, uh, assist and, um, mentor other small catering companies because I, I, I'd have to say I've learned an awful lot over the last five or six years from going to these conventions and, and being uh, members of uh, the different organizations I am and seeing what the other large companies are doing. And, and I love passing on that information to, you know, allow them to not make the same mistakes that I made and to, um, you know, just, pe- you know, mm-hmm. well, is it pass it forward or pass it, whatever that term is, you know what I mean. <laughs> Pay it forward. Pay it forward. There you yes. go. <laughs> Mentorship is a very big part uh, of starting a business, growing a business, and maintaining a business. Right. You, they're always, you're either reaching a hand back down to someone who's starting and give them your personal advice, or if you've reached a certain level of success, to, to look up to someone exactly. to, to give that mentorship. And we see it time and time again here on the Business Radio X Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, not one successful business owner that I can remember has come in that did not have some sort of mentorship and did not feel really good about mentoring someone else. Exactly. Well, I, 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 I don't know. I've run into a lot of people, uh, you know, where they have this tight-fisted, attitude where they feel that they don't want to, uh, not the larger companies, I would say the smaller companies, where they feel that they don't want to give you any information or or give you any trade secrets because they think that you're going to take their business. And when they don't realize there is so much business here in this city that, you know, if we all just work together and share and, and, and work as a team, you know, we can all be so much more successful, but everybody I find does not have that mindset. Uh, and that is troubling to me, but, uh, but I love the fact that the larger companies typically are, you know, very open to sharing and, and, uh, you know, reaching out and giving you information and advice, but, uh, that's very, yeah, it's very important and, and continue to succeed in business is to give advice, but it's, also to take advice right. um, and make sure you're seeking counsel on some of those issues you may need. So, um, so again, we're talking with Chef Carlton Brown. He's with Occasional Occasions by Carlton. You can find them on the Internet at OccasionalOccasions.net. They're also on Facebook and Twitter, so reach out to them there. What's next for Occasional Occasions? What's on the horizon for you uh, and the company? Well, uh, very uh, recently I uh, finished a culinary memoir uh, titled Pretty Food, Mm -hmm. A Recipe for Living. Uh, I think that's how we came across you. We had guest last week on our show, Candy Cross. Yes, she's yes, a ghostwriter. Yes. She came in. She recommended you as a guest. Yes, and so you're working with her. Yes, she is fabulous. I I couldn't. There's, there's not enough great 
words to <laughs> to say about her. Uh, but anyway, yes, we uh, I, I approached her about an idea that I had, a thought that I had of uh, creating a cookbook. And uh, we've paired together and she's assisted me on that. And what, two days ago, she delivered to me the final copy. I've not had the chance to sit down and read it yet because of my schedule, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, but it's uh, centered on my passion for making people happy with food. Uh, it pays tribute to my mother and uh, I had an identical twin brother. It pays tribute to him as well. Uh, they were more poised to cook for a living than I was. It's also about self-discovery, reinvention, uh, which, by the way, people can do at any age. I'm 56 and mm -hmm. still learning and eager to learn. It's about faith, healing, love. Um, and right now I'm uh, soliciting publishers at this time, but uh, will self-publish uh, for early two, uh, 2016 if necessary. I, I definitely think that's great. You know, when you can write a book about yourself, your life experiences, your business experiences, it becomes very personable to the reader out there. And before you know it, people are looking to you to write another book <laughs> because yes. it's so so intriguing and insightful. And uh, right. I think our listeners would be well served to go out there and get that book once it is released, you said, early next year. Exactly. And we also have a lot of uh, my, my favorite uh, recipes uh, in there as well, as well as... Uh, some uh, recipes that I grew up uh, on from my mother. Uh, and we named it Pretty Food because, um, you know, I'm from a small town in North Carolina and my mother was a home economics teacher, um, a southern town, I, I might add. So everybody typically ate the same food, but all my friends, we'd invite them over. You know, you want to come over and eat? Oh, y'all eat that pretty food. <laughs> and so that we decided to name the book after that. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, if you want to learn more information about Chef Carlton Brown and Occasional Occasions, please do check out their website, occasionaloccasions.net. Um, also, you can reach out to him on LinkedIn or Twitter if people want to use your services or just want to learn more about you personally and maybe get some business uh, insight from you. Sure. You're always available. Thank you for joining us. Thank uh, you. Still a few more uh, topics to cover here before we get out. Just want to talk about Atlanta as a whole. You've been here since 1983, and, uh, and, and you've seen this city grow. I'm born and raised in the Atlanta area. I've mm -hmm. seen it, I think, ever since the Olympics, 1996. We have been on the map as an international city yes and and what are your thoughts about atlanta where it's come and where it's going oh i was sharing with uh, the gentleman earlier as you know when i moved here in 83 um atlanta was a big country town no more no less uh it, it didn't even remotely feel like a city and and you're right uh, once the olympics came the whole uh you know, personality of the city started to develop and change. Um, <clears throat> and just to see all these, you know, great corporations moving in and uh, the, the mindset of the city uh, going in a direction that it is, is extremely positive. Um, for my business, uh, prior to the last couple of years, my concentration was more on the private sector, but it's definitely now uh, more in the corporate sector. And there's just so much more opportunity. And particularly now that we've gotten over that uh, uh, economic hump that we had a few years ago, that's where I lost a lot of corporate clientele. Um, but now that's coming back into play uh, very strongly, I might add. So I'm, I'm really pleased to see um, the you know the mindset and and you know people are much more willing to open up their you know their their purses and and um you know they want to get back into 
catering like they used to. Oh, very good. Well, thank you for sharing your insight there. And uh, let's all also bring Lauren Teckelbaum back into the conversation. He's tre- Chief Strategy Officer for Park Mobile. Your thoughts on Atlanta since you've been here, where you see it growing, particularly as a technology hub. Yeah, I, I really love Atlanta. Atlanta has given us so much. Um, you know, we, we cannot forget that this is the payments hub of the United States. More than 65% of all the payments are going through Atlanta or Atlanta companies. So it's also a growing technology uh, hub, and, and we are excited to be part of that. Uh, we will move to Midtown end of the month in our new offices. And uh, we've seen a lot of change as well. Uh, technology companies are booming. We see a lot of inno- uh, innovations and uh, uh, initiatives in, uh, in Midtown, Tech Square and whatnot. We have a great uh, pool of uh, highly skilled uh, students, Georgia Tech and all the other universities here. Uh, within two hours, you reach 75% of uh, the U.S. population, so Hartfield-Jackson. So I just got to love everything about Atlanta. I totally agree with you there. And uh, Atlanta is often compared as the Silicon Valley of the South. But I think we're better than Silicon Valley because that's all they do is technology. We do have a huge cross-section of industries here in this town, everything from technology to healthcare and anything in between. Uh, and Atlanta, that's what kind of separates us. And I think Atlanta is a bunch of little cities within one larger city. Uh, we absolutely. all go home to our little communities in the evenings, but we still – are, are pulling for the larger city of Atlanta to, to strive and, and be put on the map. And I encourage any business leaders out there you thinking about moving to Atlanta or you just want to come here to a visit, do visit Atlanta because we do have so much to offer. And, and we have Carlton. Don't forget that. That's right. <laughs> you, you can get some fine uh, contemporary southern cuisine from occasional occasions by Carlton. Um, and so, Lawrence, uh, again, when you're not out there changing the world with Park Mobile, uh, giving your speaking engagements at universities around the country, what do you like to do in your off time? So, um, as I mentioned before, spending time with my, my family, i got four highly energetic kids, and uh, so it's always a, a blessing and a pleasure mm-hmm. to go camping, go hiking with them, do outdoor sports. Outdoors. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, and because uh, we can't work all the time. You know, we got to take our, our business hats off a little bit to, to get re-energized, and certainly finding extracurricular activities to participate in, particularly with your family, can really bring you back and, and refocus for that next week of work. Yeah, for me, work is more like a hobby, and, and so I have to check my, my phone at least an hour a day to make sure that, that I'm on top of it. How do you do that when you're camping? You know, uh, <laughs> luckily, there's cellular connection everywhere, yeah. and, and then my wife tries to hide to you know hide my phone. And <laughs> right. Say, oh, I don't have it, and whatnot. But the long story short, just, there's 23 hours a day to spend with my family and my kids, and I yes. just love it. No, that's great. You're a businessman, you're a family man, and you're just very personal, and we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us here today. Again, we encourage our listeners to go to parkmobile.com to learn more information about your services and get signed up today. Um, and then for you, Carlton, what about you? When you're not out there cooking, I, I bet you cook even in your off time. Just <laughs> less pressure, right? Believe it or not, all my... my uh you know, my family and friends talk about me really bad at home. You, know, my niece, you know, would come over and say, you know, Uncle Carlton, for a caterer, you never have any food in your refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm quick to cook for someone else. I, I, it's survival of the fittest for myself. <laughs> you know, well, there's other things you like to do. Uh, I am a, uh, I am a uh, reality TV junkie. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> most people would probably be shocked to find out. So I love watching reality. TV, which we all know is not reality, so it's just taking me out of the reality, you know, for a few hours. Right, and And there are so many different uh, (laughs) platforms to choose from out there on cable television for reality program, whether you want to 
see a show about people living in Alaska or some uh, some wives in Hollywood, exactly. you can re- see them all exactly. on cable television. So, uh, well, that's good. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate your sharing your information here today. Certainly, your business savvy is, is, uh, exudes from you, and you can see through the years you've just taken occasional occasions by Carlton to the, a whole other level, and a lot of people can learn more about you and, and, and getting it done out there. So thank you so much for joining You're us so today. Welcome. You're welcome you. back anytime. And for both of the guests, if we can help you further your mission, please come back and be a guest, or if you'd like to bring a, a delighted client back in here with you to talk more about any new releases, we welcome you back here to Georgia Business Radio, because we're here to help you get the word out. If your company is doing something interesting to generally serve your market, your community, and your profession, reach out to us directly through the contact page at BuckheadBusinessRadioX.com. Thank you to Rich Casanova, and on entire, uh, behalf of the entire Business Radio X network, I'm Ryan McPherson. We'll see you on the radio. There's nothing better for your health than good sleep. That's why Haverty's Furniture has partnered with the Scott Brothers to offer Scott Living Mattresses, now $250 off. Expect no pressure, just support from the Haverty's Sleep Experts. Tap now or visit Haverty's.com. 